0: great resignation is not because people don't want to work as they do but they want jobs that don't suck so welcome to a new episode of the raw take by growth lab a leader in the finance as a service ecosystem and here on the raw take we share how we help our customers address their current challenges their risks and opportunities to drive value and this is hosted by me Dan Gertrudes and me Steven Beiler our goal each week on the raw take is to leverage our experience our journey to help you scale your business. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of The Raw Take for CEOs. And today is February 10th, 2022. It's a great Halfway day. Halfway through the first quarter of the first year of the greatest decade. Well, <laughs> We missed like the first year of the first true this decade. I think maybe last we'll year, maybe we we'll have come up like uh, each one of these uh, podcasts. We just come up with a hey, first, something that is the first. Yeah. So uh, this week's been fun. We had the uh, FP&A team from yeah, that's uh, our, different parts of the country. They're financial here. Planning and analysis team. They're here in town with us this week, and that's been fun. Uh, one too many late nights. Uh, looking forward to having everybody at the, my house for dinner that will be fun and uh, yeah it'll be, it'll be good and it is a uh, you know we are all like distributed teams now right and uh, for us somewhat ironically our most experienced people are the farthest away uh, it's always you know you, when you have people in the office you uh, you see firsthand and, and your you know, your team members see firsthand the the benefit of being able to just grab somebody for five minutes talk about a customer did a lot of uh, professional development type of work this week, uh, but it's just the, the benefit of being able to be co-located. Yeah, you know, I. It's funny because it, it, I look at my background and I just had to walk across the hallway and go talk to my coworkers. And today it's um, it's like all on Zoom, and it's easier to send a Slack. I even sent a Slack to five people that I was sitting within 20 feet of today, right? Um, just to like broadcasting it's not technology that limits it's just that it's that ability to to connect see nonverbal cues and all that kind of thing. but i will tell you i do uh if i can take a traditional phone call over zoom <laughs> i jump on that um so i rather, I'd rather need a video break i miss pacing you know um i like standing up i like walking around and talking um but anyways so today we've got a couple of uh our raw takes you've got a couple, right, Steve? Yeah, some of our observations, of what we're seeing out there. Um, you know, the, the the headlines are not really changing, um, and what we're going to talk to you about is just some of what we're seeing out there, and our customers, and our own business. Um, and one of, one of the things uh, I'll, I'll start. Just uh, sure. You know, it's uh, it's employee review season this year. We kind of accelerated that. Usually, it's late February, March timeframe when we do reviews, and we do like to do them all in one in one chunk in over two three weeks. Um, rather than separate space them across the year at people's anniversary dates, you know, it makes sense from a strategic standpoint. You close out the year, you know, where you've been, you know, where your performance has been, you know, who's contributed to that performance, what teams, um, and you know, where you want to go for the next, uh, next part of the year, right? So then you can, uh, review people as well as give them raises and talk about where, where we need to, where we want them to focus in the go forward time period. Yeah. It gives you the opportunity to, um, look back. Um, But more importantly, making sure you do have the right team in place to hit your plan for the year, right? Your annual operating plan. Sometimes you think you have a bench and you then realize you don't. Uh, One, maybe it's because of capability or capacity. But there are times where there are people that are just happy doing what they're doing. And as, as the business is growing you expect certain you expect your team to sort of rising tides right you expect them to rise but they don't want it right they Mm -hmm. want to stay they want to do what they're doing so it's important to have these annual uh conversations um i don't really like to call them reviews i mean i do call them reviews but there is always a part of me that's just like oh i remember you know 20 years ago walking into a review i hated reviews yeah, no. Here at Growth Level, I mean, we we still call them reviews, but it, to your point, like that often has a negative connotation, right? People think like this is the time where I'm going to get uh, pushed down, or you know, we we really look at it. As, you know, we had a great year last year. It's a great time to like share positive feedbacks so and share some you know critical rooms for improvement. Um, but you know, so many people look at employee reviews. as, like tedious and and uh, you know pulling teeth. But you know here, you know, we we do try to make it a positive conversation, even if it's about negative. Performance or critical feedback you know it's about growth and if, it, if it's not about growth then you know we need to find another place for that person to uh, to be. Um, that's kind of our mentality. It's a good uh, it's a good opportunity to realign the team members you know remove any uncertainties that you know may have popped up over the year um, because you have to be agile mm-hmm. but people want to be agile but a lot of people really can't handle the truth and so yeah. Being agile, you still have to bring people along. So it's a good opportunity to re-baseline. And uh, I know we want to move on, but uh, just like 30 more seconds. We found um, that looking for, you're getting people's feedback on a monthly basis. We started doing uh, anonymous uh, surveys four questions, uh, asking about different topics of the employee's experience in, at Growth Lab. And, you know, the team has really appreciated that. I think the feedback we've gotten is we want more. We want more, uh, call it reviews, right? So you know, we're even thinking about giving written feedback on a quarterly basis, not not doing them full employer reviews, but giving them feedback. But ironically, sometimes people say, people don't participate in those surveys. Yeah, um, I think we have about a 50, 60% per participation. Good, Steve. So that's a good segue because my big observation for the week is people are coming back to work. People are looking for work. I have noticed a significant uptick in resumes mm-hmm. um, we have the, the, uh, been the impressive club, right and good yeah um, So mean, something's in the water something has changed so i, I would say for the first time in, in in months i can actually like put a stake in the ground and say i think we may have turned the corner on the labor market not to say like some of the dynamics are still there obviously right uh there's obviously this. yes obviously there is wage pressure to the upside um, but finally there's a supply right and the demand is still there we've got customers in the uh, recruiting industry and we're seeing even in some of these customers uh, where we're doing CFO work or accounting work I've noticed an uptick in permanent placements but on the flip side the temp side of the business is actually uh, pulled back a bit so mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm stoked for that. Yeah, I think one thing there is that, uh, that, you know, we, we are seeing a big kind of uptake in uh, the volume of resumes and, and relevant resumes coming through our, our pipeline, which is which is great. Um, I think another kind of theme of people getting back to work in is, I think there was an article out there recently, um, you know, the theme of the article was like, the great resignation is not because people don't want to work, it's they, don't, but they want jobs that don't suck. Uh, Alison brought that up the other day and you know I think we're seeing that in our applicants right some mm-hmm. of them are say maybe a third or kind of like and late career end of career like they're looking for a place to like lay all their experience and land for the next few years right land instead and, and they're they're coming from places where they're doing more high volume things and they're like I just want to come back and help small businesses do small business growth well this yeah. this new hire that uh, is uh, starting next week for us um, you know, I asked her, I said, wow, you've been at the same company for 11 years. And she turned to me and she said, yeah, but you know something, if you actually add all the damn overtime I'm doing, it's more <laughs> like 15 years. Right. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. And she wants to find a job where, you know, she's not working so many hours. So I am stoked, I, you know, I'm stoked to finally feel like there is... There's finally an, an increase in the pipeline of applicants yeah, uh, no, it's across the good board, feeling. right? It's a great feeling. And it's, uh, I believe, even in the numbers, we're seeing unemployment claims uh, drop uh, week over week. That feels good. Mm-hmm. People are sort of dealing with, no longer dealing with a pandemic, right? And maybe dealing with something a little less um, endemic, right? Yeah, and it's going to be here for a while. Yeah, we've just sort of learned how to manage and live through it. Uh, It was this week that another team member uh, tested positive for COVID here at Growth Lab, but yet we sort of look at each other and it's just like, okay, it is what it is, you know? Um, Now, there's still a lot of illnesses out there because I think it was in the month of January, we had two people here at the company that do not come to the office, but they're critical members of the accounting leadership yeah, and both of them were out cold for a week, week and a half each, right? And plus dealing with the consequences at home. I mean, in the business network and the personal network too, you got people that have uh, dodged it for two years, two plus years, and now you know now it's uh, you know the pin is pin is, uh, dropped. Yeah, I mean, I, my last I guess my last point on this observation, it's great to see an uptick in job seekers. It's a great to be as an employer. Feeling more confident that because um, the revenue the customer our customer demand is still there um, but it, it feels good that we can actually continue to pursue the, the customer demand especially new demand um, because sure. we have a pool of great applicants um, that we can pick from and uh, I even this week or in the last three weeks we've hired three people. So, we're stoked. I'm excited about that. Now, I will add, this is the last thing I want to add about this topic, Steve. We're fortunate. Like, our company, how we've built it, the DNA, we are fortunate because although there's an uptick in applicants, they're looking for jobs that don't suck. What are the jobs that suck? Well, if I have got to be in a factory for eight to ten hours, if I have to commute an hour and a half just to go 50 miles, like this gentleman I spoke to today, he's got a great job. I'm I'm sure if I was like his age, I would have been like stoked to have that job. But those jobs now fall under the bucket of suck. I think it's like anything that has to I have to do X. And then this is just thinking off the cuff. I have like put this like put thought to this. But jobs that suck, people think that jobs that suck are things that you have to do X. I have to be at the office. I have to be online at 8 a.m. I have to, you fill in the blank. Because yeah. whether, you know whether you, some things you're gonna like, some things you're gonna not like. And if you if you have optionality, like part of the review process here, like people are like, I, I like coming to the office. I like getting out of the house. Like So it's not about being able to work remotely 100%, but they do like the fact that they don't have to be here to do their job, right? And so we have, we're lucky. And there's you know, plenty of shit to complain about here. But at least they don't have to do X. Right. And so I think I think that might be a theme. Like the jobs that don't suck are the ones that you don't have to do X, Y, and Z. My next observation has to do with startup startup world and uh and funding. Kind of two things. One, I'm seeing startups move more towards either cash flow being cash flow positive, which to small businesses out there, they're like, no, well no 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 shit, no, no crap. Um or or exit, right? So it's either like, hey, we need to get this cash flow positive or we need to find a find a buyer for this um and that that does sound very very straightforward but in startup world it is usually like what's my burn how can i get more customers um you know you, you name it uh, and i'm seeing the little turn both in uh, across the board some early stage startups some a little more mature um uh, making making major changes to their their team their structure so that they can you know in 2022 get to cash flow positive and or find a way to uh exit the business yeah I don't have a crystal ball and I've I've said, I mean, I remember two years ago I said, Oh, this might be the end of like the big boom in startup funding, mm-hmm. right? And obviously it wasn't, right? Q two was a little bit of a shit show, but then in Q three it all came back in twenty twenty. But I also think nobody then expected the government to actually get their shit together and, you know, do what they did, which was great. They needed to do it, especially in that environment, political environment and the you know, the pandemic. Um but You know, my next topic is going to be about inflation. So let me just caveat this by saying, but now that we're living in the world of like 8% inflation, that's here to stay. And it's the highest it's been in 40 years. You do expect risky assets to readjust pricing expectations. Mm -hmm. So there is going to be a risk trade. It's just a question. Is it going to continue? Is it going to push deeper into the startup world? Because we're seeing it, whether it's in crypto. Mm -hmm. Uh, in tech stocks, IPOs—I mean, all of the IPOs that went out—you uh, know, all these unicorns—you know—all the all the free money was already taken off the table by uh, you know the the original investors. Not much left in the public markets. Yeah. So, I think I think for like startup venture money, I think we'll still see a lot of venture deals. I just think they're going to be weighted less towards the early stage, more towards those that have found that product market fit. Um, you know, so call it maybe they're going to uh, do follow on deals for with their dry powder but I think it's also that plus like find those 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 startups that have you know have found that product market fit add to portfolio yeah there's plenty of dry powder out there and uh, I would also second what you're you know what you're saying which is the funding is going to be there for later stage companies but of course it is because they already have you know they already have their money in in those companies and they're not gonna just, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a little bit of like throwing good money after bad money, but you need to keep you need to keep these companies afloat. So then you ultimately IPO them. So then the small guy gets screwed, right? Um, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what? what uh, you said your next uh, observation is on the inflation side, I think. Yeah, I seeing- mean that uh, we talked about labor. It feels like labor is finally coming back, but at, we're seeing inflation still like not just hanging around. Hitting forty-year highs at eight close to eight percent, you know, year over year. That's that's concerning, and it's not gonna, you know, it's it's not going away. And I, I know it's like this is not now it's starting to feel like not new news, and it shouldn't be a new observation. But I am concerned because at seven and a half percent, and yes, okay, seven and a half percent. That's all in. And if you, I hate when they do this, but when you remove the food and the energy, you're about 6%. But you're almost like one and a half points is contributed to food and energy. Which is energy. And energy, let's face it. Which is everything we spend our money on. Our cars, energy for our bodies. Uh, I saw this study that uh, with all this inflation, it's actually uh, costing the average uh, household an extra $250 per month. And this is impacting, you know, this is impacting small businesses, and it's concerning. And I do think, you know, like we said a few weeks ago, the employees have all the power today. They're demanding higher wages, they're demanding other benefits. It will, it will turn, it will turn at some point. Mm-hmm. If inflation. Continues to stay at this level is going to pull back economic activity. It's going to force the Fed to continue raising interest rates, which goes back to what yeah. your observation was. Well, you know, dry powder startups. There's a risk trade here happening. Yeah, and it also goes back to like the employee reviews, right? Um, em- employees have the cards right now. Like, look at employee reviews as a way to uh, show people th- how they can grow, what they can grow into, right? Uh, it's not just about like how much can I cash in, take to the bank today? It's you know, here's where you are on a great track. Here's where you need to invest your time, money, energy, uh, professional development so that we can get to the next next stage. And that seven and a half percent inflation is going to have a psychological impact on employees. on people, definitely. And for small businesses, I wonder, you know, are you taking the steps needed? to mitigate the effects of inflation. It is not easy having conversations with your customers to tell them, hey, I need to increase your monthly service fee by $100. And oh, by the way, I can no longer afford to carry your QuickBooks Online subscription. I need to offload that. These are tough conversations. And sure, nine out of 10 of them, they understand, they get it. 10 10 20% of your customers are not gonna get it, and those are hard conversations. I mean I our customer success manager just had a conversation with a long-term uh customer of ours, he's a lawyer, and he's just questioning like the ethical uh, the he's ethical, like yeah. I, are you kidding me? You think like do you really think I'm doing this to like stick it to you? I can't afford this shit anymore. We need to have another conversation, and yet. It's hard. It's hard having those. Uh, I got to pass. It's, you know, we have to pass some of this on. And on the flip side, you can't just like expect your employees to hang around, be around just because of culture, because you're, you know, a bunch of good guys. You, you do need to end up like giving them their increases. Yeah. Now we're excited for all the raises we're able to uh, make this year. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Yeah, cool. So today is February tenth, twenty twenty two, and that's a wrap. That's it for the Looking raw take. Forward to the rest of the week. Looking forward to uh, tonight. Having dinner with everybody. It'll be fun. Definitely. All right, Steve. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for joining us here on the Raw Take by Up. We are passionate about the finance as a service space and helping our customers and our industry overcome challenges and take advantage of opportunities. Yeah, that was fun, Steve. Appreciate it. See everyone next week.